Welcome to Accounting Insider. I'm Andrew Montessi with Kim Nitschke. And Kim, we're talking about your journey to going paperless in your accounting office. It's a challenge that faces many businesses. Many uh, are trying to go paperless. They understand the benefits, but there's massive issues both um, from a technical perspective and the ability to actually get it done, but there's also cultural issues where some people within the office may not even want to get on board. Can you maybe take us through how you got started and what was the catalyst for looking to go paperless? Okay, so we tried to go paperless about three years ago, but it was too early. There was too many things getting in the road in terms of trying to do it. Like every time we contact the ATO and say, can we have paperless, um, can we have signatures on, uh, scan signatures on file for clients, tax returns? And it was no, 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 no. It's, the landscape's changed a lot in three years. So we found now that pretty much every document that we've got in our office, everyone's happy to sign, accept scanned copies. So the way this all came about was we, we ran out of room in the office. We needed another we needed another office for another person. And apart from doing an addition at the back, it was a case of, well, we initially wanted to just move the filing cabinets into our property next door. And so I started out with the best intentions, got the sack truck in, went in and tried to move the first filing cabinet. Now we've got twelve filing cabinets. Do you realise how heavy they are when they're full of files? I could not get that on the sack truck. <laughs> and what I'd actually have to do, even if I could get it on the sack truck, was I have to wheel it out of my passageway, out my front door, down the driveway, over the garden bed, into the property next door, down the hallway and down the alleyway into the room on the left. Now, I thought, well, I'm not going to be able to do it with a full filing cabinet. So I took the drawers out and put them on the ground and then I just wheeled the cabinet. Now, that was just hard enough. Yeah. So what ended up happening was I just got halfway through it and I thought this is just going to be an absolute disaster there's got to be an easier way so I thought well rather than move them in there what do I actually need the filing cabinets for why don't I approach this from a different angle why don't I just start scanning them so I thought okay tomorrow I'll start scanning the first file so I grabbed went to A grabbed the first <laughs> hanging file hanging um, folder took the manila folder outside of out of the hanging folder and laid it all out then I realised you've got to take all the staples out, you've got to take all the yellow post-it notes out, and you have to stack it all up. So I had it stacked up on reception. Anyway, I had about two or three phone calls while I'm trying to scan this one file. I think that first file took me an hour, and I thought, this is just not going to happen during work hours. I'm going to have to come back at night and scan each file individually. And I looked at the filing cabinet room, and I thought, oh, it'd probably take me two months if I came in every night after I put the kids to bed at... 8.30, got to the office at 9 and scanned through till midnight. But you can't, like... That's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. And what happens in those sorts of situations is um, the eyes start rolling back next morning when you're having a meeting with a client. You sort of start um, driving home and, you know, the eyes start sort of going to sleep on the you, road. You start dreaming about <laughs> files from 10 years ago. It's uh, so the first couple of days, and this this gradually snowballs all these sort of bad side effects of no sleep. So I thought, you know, I've got to take a mature approach now. Let's advertise. Let's get someone in, unqualified, who can do that job for me. 
Okay, so you did that. Was that on Gumtree? Yeah, Gumtree or in the US, Craigslist. Yep. Ran an ad on Gumtree, inundated with responses. A lot of people out there looking for work. Any way they can get a foot in the door with an accountancy practice. Mm. So we, we waited, Morgan actually waited through all of the applications and narrowed it down to one guy. Who was so, a, okay, so we're just talking about scanning here. So what's Morgan doing? Just going through these resumes, okay, yeah, we need someone with three degrees to be able to do this. And um, was there a, 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 a deep interview process with Morgan? I think it was just a telephone interview. Okay. Yeah, she, a lot of... <laughs> I mean, it's terrible, but how do you sort these people out? You, you go through an application and look for typing mistakes. You look for someone who's got, um, who, who can write down their thoughts in a cohesive manner. Mm. Um, you look for a, a name that you can pronounce. And when you've come up with that, then I guess you probably ring people up and just say, look, this is the position, what experience. I mean, it's crazy stupid. What about issues ask, regarding paper cuts and uh, <laughs> workers' compensation? No, I, well, I funny digress. Funny you say that. Funny you say that because... <laughs> Uh, the gentleman who started in the position, who was a successful applicant, he actually cut his fingers taking staples out. Right? Two weeks of that for eight hours a day. <laughs> and he, he was a movie producer. I don't know how we ended up with someone <laughs> who <can laughs> produce movies for a straightforward admin job. But this was to fund his next trip to LA. It was a four-week contract. He got two weeks into it. And I think he took the Friday off and then there was an email that came through on the Monday. You know, typical, Gen Y. No phone call, no thank you very much. <sighs> so we just put the money into his account and said... Millennials. We just sent him an email saying, look, thanks for your help. You've been really good. All the best in LA. Yeah. That was the end of him. Then we went on to the second person who was actually Filipino. She was fantastic. Really did an amazing job. And we said... So you've probably got another two or three weeks in here. Well, it took her four months. And that was because of the sheer volume of work, not because she was necessarily slow or... Well, whatever. she was a bit slower than the first guy, but probably more thorough as well. Mm. And this is a... You know, the devil's in the detail when you're doing these sorts of things. If you miss one page in a file, that file is could be potentially of no value. Mm. You've got to make sure that everything is scanned, everything is ordered so that you can find it down the track. And then the files are destroyed afterwards. Mm. So she was great. And then at the end of it, you know, we, it's quite interesting because this is a pretty dumbed down job. She used to get dressed up to the nines every day, makeup, everything to come in and do it. Because just to feel part of the team. Yeah, it's good. Which is great. It was great. And then... We went in there and asked her every day into the dungeon where the photocopier lives, which was, became her domain. We went in there every, every day and just asked her how she was and what she was up to and did she have a good weekend. And, and she got involved with us and stuff, drinks on Friday nights. And then we found out that she was a mad keen dancer and, you know, she became part of our family. Yeah. It was great. And then when she left, I thought she's going to, um, you know, look back on her experiences, dull and boring and unimaginative but she actually wrote me a beautiful card at the end of it said I was the coolest boss in the world you know gave me some chocolates and candles and you know just all of that wow. sort of stuff which is amazing which meant that she really got a lot out of her time with us that's awesome it was great so you thrashed the copier or the we, scanner 
we put it through its paces big time. We were actually going to throw it out halfway through. We thought, this cannot cope. I think we had about eight service calls in that four-month period. So on a first-name basis with the, with the technician. And in the end, when he was coming out, we were saying, look, don't start on the photocopier until you've got myself or Morgan there watching over your shoulder so they could teach us, give us the information on how to repair it. <laughs> so we actually learnt how to reformat the hard drive and we did that three or four times. And after we'd paid the first $200 call-out fee, we reset it ourselves three or four times after that, in addition to the other you know, eight or so call-outs. But we spoke to our IT guy and we said, look, do you think we should get a new copier? A new copier could be like 20 grand. Mm. He said, no way. Just look at this from my perspective. Normally, every day, the copier punches out five or 600 pages of printed colour um, Printouts. You're actually putting it through its paces for eight hours a day. At the end of the period, once you've scanned all those files, it'll be back to normal and it'll be working mm. like it always had. So I thought, yep, yeah, okay, we'll do that. So we did. So the copier lasted, but we racked up probably fifteen hundred, sixteen hundred bucks in repair fees during that period of time. Mm. Okay. So she gets through twelve filing cabinets. Twelve filing cabinets. It was horrendous. Four months. Four months. What happens when that final file is scanned? So I put all of the paperwork into boxes, loaded it in my car, took it to the farm and burnt them. <laughs> was it... Gets like, worse than was that. Was it some sort of ceremony? Well... We sort of, as you were putting them on the fire, you're going, there's Montessi, that client, he was an absolute <laughs> bastard. Burn. <laughs> Next one, yet this guy didn't like him either. Burn. Uh, it's funny you say that because... What actually happened was I piled it all up in, the, in a massive pile and I think it was outside of burning season. So I sat there for about a week and we had notoriously high winds come through during that week. <laughs> and all of the papers ended up over my 20 acres, right? I woke up one morning, looked out my front window and my paper was just littered in paperwork. This is quite embarrassing. So you can imagine one of my neighbours is a lawyer He's got files with tax file numbers scattered through his vineyard. <laughs> it took me five hours to clean up the mess after that massive storm. I should have just left it in the office, moved so you, it up you just, there had them, you just had them sitting in the paddock. They were just sitting. Like you imagine um, hanging files all stacked up to about six foot high and there's about a pile, you know, probably five metres by five metres. Um, by six foot high there's a lot there and if you get a really high wind it'll open up the hanging file and once the manila file is opened and they're not stapled together anymore they just fly everywhere now tell me that you chase down every bit of paper. i chase down every bit and the next I just don't day want you to get in any trouble with so you imagine privacy related authorities no 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 there's, there's we got every document we made sure i made sure i walked those paddocks the next day I could hardly get out of bed. Because you imagine, crouched down for five mm. hours, picking up documents off the ground. It was just, it was a nightmare. But it, you, you live and learn. Oh, so the next time- every story you've got, there's always some, there's always at least a mini disaster. I don't know what it is. It's just me, I think. We are, uh, Accounting Insider is generally like a collection of Kim's disasters. <laughs> <laughs> I wish they weren't true. 
But it's good. It's all about learning, and that's what, that's what we're about here at Accounting mm-hmm. Insider, is to well, sharing these learnings. I'm being open and honest mm. because I think that people can learn by my mistakes, so they don't go down the same track I went down. Yeah. So then you've burnt them? We burnt them, set, set them alight, and it was fantastic. But even just putting all those files back, every time I picked up a file, it had a story. Mm. You know, and I'd stop and just reflect there for about 20 seconds, almost like <laughs> ceremoniously put yeah. it on the pile. Yeah. <laughs> And give each of those clients a little send-off. You didn't start chanting or <laughs> anything like that? No, not at all. Okay. So then you burnt the papers. What did you do with the cabinets? So the cabinets, uh, I had a plan for that. That was to store them in the backyard of the office and then load them onto the trailer and take them up the road to the recycling yard. Now, the first one I loaded onto the trailer by myself. I thought there's got to be an easy way. And sure enough, there was. I just wheeled them out onto the road in front of the office and left them on the footpath. People were fighting over them, mm. dropping into the office. Is it okay if I take the fine? Go for your life. You'd be doing us a favour. You could also just put them up on Gumtree, mate. Do you sell anything on Gumtree? No, I used to. I just my, give it my, a... my wife is obsessed with it. She's basically running a little business now from our house of buying and selling on Gumtree really? and eBay. It's ridiculous. So, and we're going to digress a little bit. Okay, go for my it. My wife is very good at collecting things, like amazing things. So we went driving. She was driving through Medindi the mm-hmm. other day, for our listeners out there. Very probably the richest suburb in South Australia, mm-hmm. and she found a like a beautiful um, deer fur rug, oh. just rolled up on the street. No way. Mint condition. So that's now in the lounge room. We've got a we've got a HMV, his master's voice record player. I found that a while ago. We've got hat racks, art deco lights, all this sort of stuff. But she also just picks stuff up and then sells it. Wow. Like, people will buy anything off Gumtree. So those filing cabinets, you know, even if it's 50 bucks, it's drinks money for the Nitschke Nankara staff. It, it is. Um, I've always found, for my own experience, I've tried it. It didn't really work for me because I'd sell something... To, to someone and then they'd say you know if I'm selling something at the office they'd say oh I'm coming around on the weekend to pick it up no it's yeah, like, painful so I've got to get in my car and drive and then wait there for an hour and then drive home yeah, that's you know annoying. so I just if it's low value for me which is you know um, $50 or less <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say 100 but let's just say 50 I'll just put it out in the street and someone yeah, will collect fair it. Enough. Yeah, fair enough. You know, it's just not really worth it. Well, for- Hannah will sell it for you and just take a little, exactly. take a little clip. I'm, I'm so sure we'll that someone actually that. was collecting them in the end and selling them on yeah. Gumtree. Yeah, and it probably was Hannah, actually. <laughs> That's why we've got a ute, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so then you invested in another scanning uh, scanning machine, is that right? Yeah, so we, we got rid of all the filing cabinets and we were amazed. Hey, can we, actually, can we pause? Because I'm yeah, actually sure, not sure, quite sure. finished. Sure. On the other side. Okay. So how much, just a bit of context for the listener, how much space did you actually free up in the office? We freed up, this is the amazing part, two rooms. And they fitted, this is what blows my mind, onto a hard drive the size of a coffee cup. You know, and it's actually, it's actually better that they're stored. You'd think when you mm. compress them all, you'd lose something. But... It's easier to find them now, now that they're in there, because you can jump onto your computer, blast through a search, and it will sort through like a million files and find the exact one that you're looking for. And, you know, so we've basically declared war on paper now in the office, right? 
any paper document that's lying around on a desk shouldn't be there, mm. should be scanned and filed and then shredded or burnt. Now, our shredder wouldn't have coped with 12 um, filing cabinets if we tried to feed it through. That's why I burnt them. I resorted, resorted to fire. <laughs> yeah. But now our whole mindset in the office has changed, right? So we, in the old days, you would grab a file from a customer, um, make notes on it, hole punch it, put it in a manila folder, and then it would go out to a filing drawer. We needed someone then to go through the filing drawer and file them in the filing cabinet. Then at the end of every financial year, we needed someone to go through the filing cabinets and take out any documents which were older than seven years. Now, that person's role does not exist, right? Mm. And when someone rang through in the old days and they wanted some information, we used to have to say, just hold the line, I'll go and grab the file. Now you can just call it up on the computer while you're talking to them. It's just so much more efficient. Mm. Not having to get up from your desk and walk out to the filing room is just amazing in how much more efficient it makes your staff. It's, and you've got, it obviously gives you full backups. Everything's protection. being backed up. So if a fire rips through exactly. your office, everything's safe. How many times have you heard it where someone's office is caught on fire or it's been flooded or some, or, or a building's uh, Caved in or <laughs> that only happens to me. <laughs> I was going to say, with your track record, it's actually a, a, a big chance that could happen. So, <laughs> I've heard it in so many situations where clients have lost data because something has physically damaged their files. Now, because these files are stored on the hard drive and backed up, it won't ever happen. And I like that context of two rooms. These aren't small rooms either. Probably what two? The equivalent of what double bedroom size? Yeah, double they? bedroom. Double bedroom size onto one tiny little hard drive it's brilliant it is amazing so then leading on from that I've thought um, I did the research on the internet and 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 just googled the best scanner right so I've got my um, big photocopier with the scanning technology on it which is great but I wanted something on my desk now so that any document that comes through when a client has a meeting with me and they bring in their documents I drop it into the scanner and I give the documents back Right, so that saves postage mm. and it saves um, any confusion over down the track where a client rings up and says, have you still got my group certificate? No, 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 I've given it all back. I've got copies. Would you like me to send you a copy? So I did this research online and I found this amazing scanner called the Fujitsu SnapScan iX500. Good memory. I've got that written down. It is incredible. Some lawyer had written a, a post on the internet about it, how it had revolutionised his whole legal practice so I found one again on Gumtree 400 bucks in Melbourne rang the guy up I texted him actually and I said look I really want to buy your scanner and he said yeah it was actually really good he said I said how much can you knock off <laughs> and he said look I've got three people interested because you contacted yeah, me first you're one of those annoying people that again Hannah talks about on Gumtree mm. who will just straight away message and say oh actually would you do it for 300 yeah I'm not like that though. I'll try to build up a little bit of a story and text it through and I get so much more credibility with that person. It's like if they're in Adelaide, I'll say, hi, it's Kim from Summertown. How are you? Um, really interested in your scanner. Um, I noticed the price is negotiable. How much would you be prepared to take? Cheers, Kim. Like hmm. that gets so much more mileage because there's a default reply on that website that says, what's your lowest price? It was like, well... 
I don't even know you. <laughs> it's like, well, you know, who are you? And yeah. If I'm selling something, I'll just won't even respond. I'm thinking, how rude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, I, I contacted him and I said, look, could you ship it over to, from um, Melbourne to Adelaide? He said, sure, it'll cost 20 bucks. And he shipped it over. It was amazing. Then he sent me an email with the link to download all the software. So it cost $420. This scanner is amazing. Everyone needs one on their desk. It, it'll take 50 documents. You walk over to the scanner, or you sit at your desk, you lean forward, you put the documents in, you press the blue button on the front of the scanner. It double-sided scans in colour every document. After it's scanned every document, it works out whether it's blank and whether it should delete it or not. Pops up on your screen and then asks you where you want to save it and what you want to name it. It's just gold. If you're going mm. paperless, everyone needs one of them on their desk. The efficiency gains with that $400 mm. piece of equipment is just outstanding. And one of the issues that for I would imagine for people with accounting practices, law firms, would be signing documents. How do you get around mm. that? <clears throat> so <clears throat> we've found an app called SignEasy, which is just amazing. We can email out any document that needs signature now and if people can access it on their iPhone, they download this app for free. You get three uses of the app um, for free. So people can choose whether they want to use it or not. The document can be as large as you like. So it can be a, um, a full set of financial for a big client of ours. They download this app. This takes all about 10 minutes. They sign the screen. It saves their signature. And then they easily drop that signature wherever they need to in that PDF file that's um, sitting on their phone. Then they hit reply and it comes back to us all scanned and signed and is very easy for us then to drop into our f um, filing system in the office. Right? So this is a game changer, this program, because you can understand without using it, <clears throat> you need to email the document out to the client, they need to print it off, then they need to sign it, then they need to scan it, then they need to shoot it back to you. Mm. Can you see the efficiency gain? Yeah, it's massive. It's incredible. I don't think enough people know about SignEasy. It's incredible. I think for the full subscription, it's like 60 bucks. But I'm just talking about our use as from an accounting point of view. Every document we send out now has a paragraph down the bottom that says, hey, look, if you can, download, if, if you can get e emails on your iPhone, it works too on Android, um, we suggest you do this. And clients are loving it. They're going, oh... You know, we've had clients who haven't been able to come to meetings and the wife's been there and she said, oh, um, such and such is driving around. So they've pulled over their car on the side of the Esplanade down on semaphore in one situation and the guy's swearing, saying, I haven't got time for this. And, you know, it was, the phone went quiet for about two or three minutes and then he came back online. He goes, yeah, I've worked all this out. I've sent it back. He said, his words were, if I can use it, anyone can use it. I love this product, Kim. This is amazing. So that right. saved him a trip into the office we would have lost 15, 20 minutes for him coming in, us finding the file, printing it out, yeah. marking where I had to sign it, having a little chat, maybe a coffee, and then him going on his merry way. This was all just done in one touch point. So what percentage would you be paperless? Uh, we would be, apart from a couple of documents that have just landed on my desk today as a result of the mail, be like 99%. Yeah. Mm. It's... We're going all out. It's a change in mindset. Yeah. And culturally, 
Everyone's on board in the office. Everyone loves it. Everyone, <laughs> yeah. When, when you do a change, a massive change like this, and it works, everyone says, "Why don't we do this earlier?" Mm. That that's the only comments we're getting. Clients love it. Everything's there. Everyone wants everything in a soft copy these days. Mm. You know, you used to think, "Well, I can only charge less because if I'm emailing something out, it doesn't look as good." Mm. But you look at all the big law firms now. Everything's email. Yep. You get a colour email propping up on your screen. That's just as good, if not better, than something that arrives in the mail. Yeah. No, it's interesting. I mean, for someone like me, it's been easy running my own business from a laptop. Mm. I, I just pretty much refuse to print. So I mm. don't have a printer. I mean, there's one in my office here that's James's printer, and um, he still likes to go a bit old school sometimes mm. and print documents, but I just refuse. Mm. But as we said early on, to be an accounting firm, a paper-heavy firm, to then try and go paperless, a lot of companies just say it's all too hard. So to put it in context, what, what was the time period? I mean, I know you had a, had a crack a few years ago and, mm. and failed, but what was the time period from when you said, no, nah, we're going to do this, to when you actually went paperless? How, how long was that? Um, it, took, it took six months. Yep. How much do you reckon it would have cost you? Uh, well, in wages, <clears throat> about um, potentially $10,000. Yep. Mm. Uh, what about... But the efficiency gain... Yeah, I'm just... Just to give the full context of cost versus gains... It would have been less than $10,000. Let's so just say less, six or Less eight. than six or eight on wages, with some copying mm-hmm. expenses. Mm-hmm. You're probably looking at, what, a bit over ten grand, maybe? Yeah. Sure. Ten grand. Well, six months paperless change the whole future for your firm change the culture for the better mm. efficiency gains what other gains have you noticed um well it, it it's changing the mindset of everyone in the office right? even your clients yeah now instead of printing stuff out we're looking at getting data projectors and you know, TV monitors on screens in offices, things like that, so that um, we're trying to become as efficient as we possibly can. We're, we're trying to become the benchmark in mm. terms of technology. And it's not that expensive. It's just a case of whenever you've got spare time, sitting down and sorting through the software that's available and picking and choosing. Like, we really feel that the future lies in, in adopting cutting-edge technology. And I guess one of the big points that we haven't touched on is going paperless allows you to utilise automation and outsourcing. Exactly. Now, that all ties in perfectly with that because, um, as you hear, when you've got people working for you in an outsourcing sort of capacity, someone still needs to scan the, the documents or forward the emails that are coming in from your clients. Now, so all of it is all ending up with uh, sort of at the same end result. It's all working together. So if this hadn't tied in with the outsourcing mindset, then it would have been um, less appealing for us to go down that track. Awesome. Well, I think that's a really interesting episode for the many business owners and listeners out there who are probably weighing up how they can go paperless. So again, Kimbo, thanks for 
for sharing the story and thank you for listening to Accounting Insider. To connect with Kim, visit the website. It's accountinginsider.net. Thanks for listening.